if you have program with you, uh, actually you can actually look at the screen too. I'm going to read burst, uh, one verse today. Maybe we can read it together since there's only one verse. Can we read this verse together? Let's, let's begin. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. John chapter 10 verse 10. You know, I have a friend named Paul. Uh, he and I go back like more than 30 some years. And uh, each time we text each other, we email each other, we're always the beloved Paul. You know, there's an expression called hyung. In Korean, it's like, hey, you're my brother, older brother. I always address him as a brother. He's, uh, my, uh, he's one who introduced me to uh, Jesus Christ. He shared the gospel to me many years ago. Uh, so, you know, like every time I write him, or I had a conversation with him over the phone last week, I feel so loved <laughs> because the fact that he introduced me Jesus Christ. He taught me the reason Christ came to us. And I, I, I thought about that thought, you know, like, he, I love this person. It, it, it seems like I felt like, you know, he loves me too. And um, that's the part of gospel. Not only that I have a, you know, uh, reconciliation with God, but I've somehow experienced a love not only from God, but to one another. I believe that's the power of the gospel. Isn't that awesome? I mean, for that reason, Christ came. He came so that you and I have a life. You know, I believe that's abundant life. Experience the love, not only with God, but to one another. He came. He was taking a human form. He came to us 2,000 years ago a little town called Bethlehem, to tell us how precious we are, to give us the life and life in abundance. That's the life he wants us to have, life in full. Uh, today I want to share just three reasons that why did he have to come to us in human form. And, and uh, this is the first point. Jesus came to get rid of the old misunderstanding about God. Do you know that every one of us, if I like stop one person and tell me what is God like? You know, every one of us have their own definition. They have, you know, theology. I would say theology. They have own philosophy of how they view God. Every, each one of us have their own definition. I probably will have all different kind of answer. Why is that? You know, Americans says they are nine, nine, socialists said 97% of Americans, 95% of Americans believe in God. But when you hear them, they have totally misunderstood about God. Why is that? Because they got the information, idea from all from different kinds of sources. Like parents, like teachers, a book, the magazine they read. Sometimes even pastors, religious person, gave them wrong idea about God. Christ came to get rid of those misconceptions, get rid of those misunderstandings about God. That's why he came 2,000 years ago. So thankfully, God wants us to know him, who he is. In, in this passage, uh, John, this is John 18, right? 37. You are the king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world. 
to testify to the truth. He came to testify to the truth. By his exemplary living, his life and his teaching, he testified to the truth. He, for that reason, he came to us on this Christmas season. John 1.18 says, uh, No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is, the, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. No one has seen God, but through Jesus Christ, we can clearly see the living God. If Jesus didn't speak about God, we wouldn't know how loving our God is. We wouldn't know how forgiving our God is. If he didn't teach us, we wouldn't know how close our God is. God is not far from a distance. You know the song, right? From the distance, right? Because it's all song, right? It's not, you may not know. There's a song like in Bat Miller's, God is watching us. God is watching us. From a distance. No, it's not from a distance. He's from so close to us. He's so close to us. If he didn't teach us, we wouldn't know how caring our God the Father is. He's so caring God. You know, people misunderstand about God. When you look at the Old Testament, even the you know, Pharisees and you know, all those people, you know, scribes, they didn't understand about God. So when Jesus taught them, you know, when you pray, you can pray like this, our Father heaven, Father in heaven. They got shocked. Oh, can you really do that? Jesus, can you really address God like that? Our Father? I mean, they couldn't even imagine. Without his teaching, people wouldn't know. That's why we have to get into the word of God, the truth, so that we may find who God is. I, like, I love this passage. Uh, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Jesus is the light. He's the light, right? What, what does the light do? You know, light shines on darkness, right? Without the light, there's no revelation. Because of Jesus Christ, we can see God as who He is. Without His light, we cannot uh, see the life, I would say. Even the reality, you know, present and the future. Therefore, it is important for us to see the light. Through Him, we can see reality, we can see present and future. Jesus became a light. He is the light so that we, can, we may see him as who he is. One night, uh, summer night, a mother uh, wanted to get rid of mosquitoes from her children's room. Uh, she didn't want to wake everybody up, so she went in when the light's out. She sprayed all the room, the kids and bats and birds everywhere with, with the, you know, the repellent, the insect repellent. The following morning, she realized it wasn't repellent. It was a true story. It was blue spray paint. Can you imagine that? Whole room was like massed with this paint. Accident can happen in darkness. When you cannot see anything, you can't, I mean, things can happen, right? So it is important for us to see God as He is through the light. And Jesus Christ is the light. 
Do you want to know, get to know God? It is simple. Get to know Jesus Christ. Billy Graham, he once said, when I want to know God, when I want to know what God is like, I take a long look at Jesus Christ. On this Christmas Sunday, take a long look at Jesus Christ. Then you may see him clearly. That's why he came, to get rid of this misconception, misunderstanding about God. Second point, uh, he came, Jesus Christ came to express love of God. You heard this expression, right? Jesus, he is the reason for the season, right? You, you saw that expression, right? You know, actually it has a more deeper than, I think, that truth. Uh, I would say, you are the reason for the season. What? <laughs> you know, it's not, about, it's not about Santa Claus, right? It's not about Jingle Bell, right? Of course, Jesus Christ is the reason for the season. But when he came, he came with a purpose, right? The purpose is you. That's why you are the reason for the season. He came to tell you, you matter to him. You matter to me. You matter to God. He wants to express how, how much he, 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 God loves you. That's the message. Uh, for John, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as anointing, atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning sacrifice. You know, love involves the sacrifice, right? I think somehow we misunderstand about the love. You know, we, we tend to have, I mean, we have our own definition about love. But true love, real love involves sacrifice. That's how he came, to give himself. For God so loved, so that he gave. Real love has to do with giving. And he gave himself for us. He sacrificed himself for us on the cross. During the 17th century, Oliver Cromwell, the Lord Protector of England, is sentenced as a soldier to be shot for his crime. The execution was to take place in the, the public square with, uh, at the ringing of the evening curfew bell. But this soldier had a fiancé. She went after Oliver uh, Cromwell begging him, please have mercy on my fiancé. Please spare his life. Cromwell was a very stunned man. No, I have to execute him because this is the law. And this fiancé went uh, to the, the clipper, the bell ringer, begging him, do not... Uh, Clap the bell tonight. I want to save my fiance. The problem was he was a deaf. He couldn't hear what she was saying. She was kept ringing the bell. But that night, there was no, no, no bell. Ringing the bell. You know what happened? She was clinging on to the bell. She was damaging herself. All the bruise and bleeding. I mean, when Cromen heard the story, you know, Oliver Cromwell spoke to her, your, your love is saved because of your sacrifice. You know, we are saved because Christ sacrificed on the cross. As I was preparing this message for our congregation, 
you know, for KM and EM. This was my prayer, Lord, help us, including myself, to not only know the, the love of God in our head, but help us to experience in our heart. Not only here, but help us to uh, experience through the hands and feet. Not only head, but heart and hands and inner feet. And this passage came into my mind. This is actually Paul's prayer. May have power together with all the saints to grasp how wild, long, and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's not sticking knowledge, but it surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. So this is what fullness of life in full means when Christ mentioned in John 10.10. 10. See, love is four-dimensional. It is what? It is wild. Wild enough to cover everything. And his love is so long. It's, etern- it's eternal. His love is so eternal. And his love is so high. So high, can, he can see everything. Still forgives us. And his love is so deep and cover all the hurts that we have. That's love of God. Not only we hear, not only we know by our knowledge, but we have to experience that with the heart and uh, life. Human love is conditional and wears out easily, but God's love is eternal. God loves you forever. It's love that never stops. His loving toward you is, I mean, it's eternal. It's so wide, so deep, so high, so long. Why is that? Why is love so, so crazy? You know why? Because God's love is not based on your performances. Not based on how good you are, how successful, how, how great you are. But his love is based on his character. That's why his love is never stopping toward us. Do you know a person named uh, Corey and Bessie Tambum? Corey Tambum is well known. Uh, who wrote the book called The Hiding Place, became a movie. And they were actually reformed church uh, members where we you know, belong to our, our denomination. Uh, they were Christians. They are faithful Christians. They, uh, during the World War II, they hate the Jews because they were, uh, you know, they were sending off to the concentration camp that they tried to hide them. And they discovered, the Nazi discovered, so along with 30 Jews, the whole family went into concentration camp. They lost their father. And there was one story. Uh, Corey mentioned uh, to her sister Bessie, this place is the pit of hell. Man, this is pit of hell. You know what Bessie said to Corey? Corey, there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. It's a well-known phrase. I, I, I thought about it this week, last week, you know, as I was preparing the message. I need a little bit more about their lives and all that. I kind of envy her. You know, it sounds great, right? You know, God's love is so deep. It's everywhere, you know. But when you experience your real life, real hell, it is hell. I mean, you guys experience it, right? Hell is hell. I mean, this is horrible that we, when you experience hell, right? But this lady, she said, God's love is still there. 
I was, I was envying her, the pious spirit, the faith toward God. Her face, my face, a little different. I feel like, my goodness, how can she really say those kind of stuff? In the midst of it, like, you know, all over time. And I, I kind of learned how she ended up her life. Before she died, she was praising God. She was prophesying, you know, like, you will be free of Corey, don't worry. She prophesied three things and it all, you know, fulfilled. I just realized how faithful, pious person that she, she was. See, God's love is that deep. Even if you live in the place like a hell, you still can experience love of God. And that was my prayer. Lord, I want to experience that. Life is not difficult. I mean, life is not easy. I mean, we, you know, we experience life. But I want and my congregation to experience the love in the midst of the difficulties. Last point. Uh, Jesus came so that you can have relationship with God. It's not about religion. You've probably heard the expression, right? Christianity is not about religion, but it's relationship with God. Yes, it is relationship with God. I love this passage. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. I, to me, this is a mind-blowing verse. Wow. Not only include me as his family member, but he's calling me, hey, you're my friend. The village that where I grew up in Korea, you know, among the friends, we, we made a kind of contract, kind of uh, covenant with being like a friend. We, we call it gambu. You guys, that's Korean word, gambu. And, and I say, hey, you, you and I become gambu. That means we are best buddy, right? From now on, if you have anything, we will, we will share. Like potato chip we share. We didn't have potato chip back then. We were like sweet potato. Let's share sweet potato. You know, like, you're my gambu. You know, we share everything together. If I want candy, peanut, we share. We are buddy. We are like gambu, you know, like. I remember I had a gambu, like three, three or four. You're supposed to have only one, right? But I had three or four. I mean, I was a social person, I guess. You know what? Jesus Christ, we made a covenant like this. You become my gambu, man. You and I, we go all the way together. You know, Jesus Christ inviting us. He's got, Son, Justin, do you want to be my kambu? I, I thought about the image last week. I was like, wow, who am I, Lord? Who am I? I, I mean, this is mind blowing you know, concept. The living God created the whole universe. He wants to be my friend. How can I resist that? Very humbling experience. He came for the relationship. He wants to be your friend. But it requires commitment. We have some, you know, married couple, Stephen, and you, know, you have, you know, when you get married, you do it like I do it, Paul, right? I do. Just like that, we have to make that commitment. We have to say I do to Jesus. I would say yes to Jesus. Have we ever said yes to Jesus? Yes, I want to know you. Yes, I want to be your friend. Yes, I want to be part of your family. Yes, 
I need your forgiveness. Yes, I want to learn to love and trust you. That will change your life. If you've never done that before, I hope and pray that you may make a commitment this, this Christmas Sunday. I want to end my message. In January of 1956, Jim Elliott and four other missionary friends gave their life and Ecuador to serving uh, the Waodani people. They could fight back, but they didn't. They threw the spear on these missionaries. They had a gun in their hands. The reason they had a gun was they didn't want to protect themselves from the wild animal. They could, I mean, when gun and spears fight, gun wins, right? But they didn't fight back. There was a famous quotation by Jim Elliot. This is, he wrote this you know, uh, quotation uh, in his diary many years ago. This is what he said. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. In a very real sense, Jim Elliot and four other friends, they were living the spirit of Christmas. They were willing to give up the comforts of home and promising careers and to ultimately lay down their lives to take the gospel to those who had never heard. I thought about our EMers and uh, youth short-term missionaries this week. And I'm so proud of the missionaries. We have actually seven uh, short-term missionaries from Korea as well. And I hope and pray, uh, you know, so those people who are not live, I mean, going to mission field, I, I, want you to, uh, I, want, I want you to make commitment this week. Pray for our short-term missionaries. They are living on Christmas Day, coming back uh, New Year's Eve. It's Eve, right? I'm planning to fast, you know, like a couple of days. Just focus on prayer for you guys, the missionaries. It is important, not only you guys going, because I, I believe that's the spirit of Christmas. I want to end this message with this passage. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that through he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. Christ came so that you and I can become rich. When we experience the love of God, we'll do the same thing. We'll carry on, carry on his spirit. We'll voluntarily take the poverty to make other people rich. I believe that's the purpose of life. That, has, that began with the purpose of Christmas. Let's pray. Father God, we want to know you more and we want to experience your love, Father God. Not only know in our head, not knowledge, head knowledge, Father God, but we want to feel it and we want to experience it, Father God. For that reason, Father, I believe that you came to us on this Christmas season. Help us to meet Jesus Christ this Christmas Sunday 
so that we may see you, Father God, clearly and experience the love and proclaim this truth to the world where they do not know you, Lord God. Use us, Father God, as an instrument. We have a missionary, short-term mission going to the Chiapa this year, Father God. Lord, go with them. I know, Father, you will go with them and you will use them, Father, as your instrument to impact the children, little children in Chiapas, Mexico, Lord God. If there's any hindrance that the attack by the evil force, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, to protect them and cover them with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So they may come back with so many testimonies, Father God. Thank you, Jesus, for the love you have shown us. Thank you, God, for your coming to save us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.